Hello and welcome to Cool Stuff by Simplified. My name is Gurjot. My name is Michael. Today we have Tobias. Hello, everyone. Tobias, um, in a quick 30 second summary, what do you do and why is it cool? We offer like direct marketing for smallholder farmers who are far away from their end customers. Okay, <laughs> and so why is this cool? It's really cool because you know, uh, when you go here to a farm shop, um, you can buy uh, products which are really unique, which you cannot buy on the supermarket shelf. And you get to know the farmer, you get to know the origin, you know um, a bit of the story of the product. But usually when something comes from far away, there is hundreds of steps in between the farmer and the final customer. Yeah. So what we make possible is that the final customer can order directly from the, from the farmer. And then of course there will be steps in between, steps of processing, of shipment, of all that stuff. But we will make all that transparent and tell that story so people can really get those unique products which you don't find on the supermarket shelf with all the story as they would when they buy it from the local farm. Cool, so is this kind of like, I kind of want this exotic fruit, so I'm gonna go on your website and it's gonna be easier to find those like new options that I might be interested in and easier to order. Is that what you do? No, actually it's very tough because you go to our homepage right now, you can order your farm box from from smallholder farmer cooperative in Kerala and then you order that and then you have to wait a lot of time very long time because we only ship um, with the, like we, we don't fly anything in no we ship it uh, normal by ship and then first it will get packed there and uh, it will <coughs> so this gives us time to tell you a bit about the product that you oh. that you will receive so <laughs> okay. while you're waiting we will send you two three newsletters explaining really what is behind the product and you don't have much choice right now yeah. right now you order that one box filled with cashew nuts with lots of really nice rice with spices with uh, coconut oil, proper good coconut oil, which you don't <laughs> find here usually. Yeah. And um, you you just buy whatever grows there on the farm, as you do here often also for like vegetable, there is this concept of vegetable box. Right. And it's similar to that, just for, for stuff that comes from far away. So I'm, I'm guessing because it takes so long, you're looking at bulk orders. No one's just ordering like 200 milliliters of coconut oil. Exactly, and that's the whole concept behind it. That's why it's called crowd container, yeah. because we need a crowd of people to fill a container and to ah. make it worth shipping it so to Switzerland. So the entire Switzerland. building could get together and order from, for themselves. Exactly, ah. and uh, what we are doing now for one month, for the next 30 days, because it started today, the next order, yeah. we are collecting orders. It's okay. called, it has been uh, coined like the term of crowd ordering. Okay, so the biggest newspaper, <laughs> NZZ here, has coined that term okay. um, that exactly reflects what we are doing. So uh, we collect this, uh, yeah, many orders. So you kind of like build up a huge order and then you just send everything all together. And just exactly, exactly. That's also why you cannot order at any time. Mm -hmm. Just go to our homepage and, and, and order something because it will not make sense to, to ship it then. Yeah. But we will do for one month the campaign and say now is the time that you can order your 
your spices, your uh, special rice and stuff from Kerala. And then the next month we do another campaign and say now it's really the season and good time to order olive oil and tomato and uh, almonds from Sicily. Hmm. Why do you choose Kerala? Is this your first campaign? It's the third. It's the third? So yes. Where, where have you... So we started with Kerala. Okay. We started with Kerala. Um, the campaign took place in April last year. Okay. For also one month. Mm-hmm. We collected like 500 orders from customers and then we shipped them so and they arrived in, in, in only in Zurich. Only in Zurich? Yeah, because the, cool. the container physically will arrive in, in Zurich, Zurich <laughs> and we'll open the container, make a big party, you know, oh. people come and get their boxes. It's very community yeah. driven then. So it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot of... Um, yeah, it's community driven. It's about the story behind the products. It's about the producers mm-hmm. uh, doing this wonderful food. I mean, we had, for instance, Skype, live Skype calls with producers. and uh, <laughs> So you're not just looking to feed people. You're looking to give people kind of an experience. Of, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a cultural yeah, sure. experience. Sure. It's, you know, I, I was in trade, in food trade. Yeah. Just, I did a lot of trade with certifications like organic or fair trade certification but i always felt that somehow the really really nice products that you would like to have Mm -hmm. you don't get it because it goes into the same supermarket channels no matter if it is fair trade or organic or whatever it goes into the same supermarket channels and they cannot handle this non-standardized not always available seasonal whatever Mm -hmm. special products so what you get in the end you always get the same standardized stuff just from producers who try to behave a little bit better than yeah. their, their peers, no? And yeah. what I wanted to do is to work really with smallholder farmers who have like special old varieties, really nice food, and, and bring this food to the here to the table, no? Yeah. And the, the other motivation was also that um, there is so much good stories getting lost because of that certification game. Because right. the certification gives like a level, you know, like it's, it's like a, if you, if you can just manage to get certified, you somehow, you are safe. Mm-hmm. So you don't, don't tell more, no? <laughs> and you know, the guy who wins is the one who, who just reaches the certification with the least effort, no? Yeah. Because yeah. the other guys will be, I mean, those who do real organic farming do a lot of effort, put a lot of effort into uh, sustainable farming systems. Right. They will always lose out in the market because there is another guy who just manages <laughs> to, you know, yeah. meet the standard or not even that because there is also a lot of problems in, in that system. <laughs> and then he will, will produce it cheaper. So I wanted to bring that to different food, which has which is for which it is very difficult to find a market access otherwise to the end customer also because i believe it creates value also for the end customer because it's unique products yeah yeah can you give us some awesome story examples like you said there's this like huge story i guess you've experienced them or seen them yourself yeah like concretely you know when i was a trader i tried from that cooperative in kerala i tried to sell their turmeric Mm-hmm. What's turmeric? Is turmeric the, is like a yellow a, spice. It's a powder. Um, it has some medicinal properties. 
Yeah, uh, it's in German, also just a spice. Yeah, in German it's called curcuma or Gelbwurz. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I mean, you can find it here on the supermarket shelf. And I tried to sell that turmeric to the super to one of the big supermarkets, no? And then it ended up with huge problems because like the bulk weight was different. And then the glass was only half full because from their usual supplier, the, the bulk weight of the turmeric they get is like, uh, it's, it's lighter, so it fills up the glass more easier. Oh, I understand. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, we were all like, what, what should we do? No, it was only two thirds full with the same quantity, yeah. with the same weight. <laughs> and we, we said like, what, what's happening? No, and the guys were really angry, you know, the, from the supermarket and uh, they, there was big, big discussions and we lose a lot of money, you know, in the end because of this. And I was trying to find out what happened, no? Because we didn't really define it in that specification sheet and it, it just got very, very difficult. Then what I found out is that actually the turmeric that you have on the shelf here, they take that root and they extract part of the essential oil, which gives it the, the, the nice taste and also the medicinal properties, no? Yeah. They extract this from that root and sell it to cosmetics. <laughs> and then they use the fiber, they mill it and they fill it into the into the glass, no? And of course then it's very it's lighter, it fills up the glass quicker, and at the same time it's cheaper, no? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we had the good product, we had yeah. the, the authentic, uh, tasty, nice turmeric. But we were not able to sell it to a supermarket because everyone buys from bigger industrial players who, you know, somehow make a cheaper product, <laughs> which isn't that tasty, but it's, uh, yeah, it's lighter and cheaper. <laughs> yeah, kind of like giving the opportunity for people to go past all the corners that supermarkets cut to bring their products more efficiently and cheaper. Yeah. So you have like the, the natural stuff, the real stuff. Yeah, you, you can, I mean, it's, it's again the trade, which I was in trading, no, I know more or less how it works, is about availability. Everything has to be available right. at any time, because here, when you see salaries, when you see uh, the, 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 like, the expenses of supermarkets, they cannot afford to have an empty space yeah. in there, you mm-hmm. know, in their store. So um, it's all about availability. It's all about cheap prices. And um, this goes at the expense of really good, authentic quality and of transparency. Mm-hmm. Because the trading guys, I mean, their job is to make things available at the cheapest price possible. Can you explain so, more about transparency specifically? Yeah. Do you yeah. mean like they hide some things? Is that what no, you mean? It's no, not, it's not hiding, you know. Uh, it's not like... I don't want to say, ah, the trading guys, they are the bad guy. I mean, some, often some NGOs do that. No, they say, ah, the trading guys, they, the middleman. No, we have to cut them out. And that's, <laughs> you know, that will benefit the farmer. But the traders, they do a service, basically. A service to make things available at the cheapest possible price, to make markets efficient, no? But it comes at a cost, no? Because if you want to make things available, um, at any time, always at the cheapest price, you will not be able to, you know, to guarantee, for instance, origins. You take it from where it 
is cheapest at the moment. No? Mm -hmm. yeah. You cannot make long-term contracts with farmers. You cannot build up a long-term relation with farmers because you have to buy from where it's cheapest and then bring it always at the same quality according to the same specification sheet, which often is like 12 pages of uh, technical <laughs> stuff. Wait. You have to supply it always at this standard and you take it from where it, it's possible. No? And, and, and that's what I mean uh, when I say there is no transparency because in the end, the trader also earns his money by by this, you know, by providing this service. No, he is paid for for making things available available no matter what what's happening on the market. And what we do is say no, it's not really available. You know, you have to wait, and then you can order it, and then you wait again, and 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 it comes, you know, slowly to your yeah <laughs> from the ship to to your table to your um, <clears throat> plate. But um, but it will be the real authentic product and we can tell you 100% where it's coming from, who are the farmers behind, how they are growing it. We can even tell you who is earning how much mm -hmm. because we are not, we are, you know, just doing that service of bringing it there. So we, there is no speculative trading yeah. stuff in it's that. It's very transparent from your side. Yeah, mm -hmm. but... You cannot just go yeah. at midnight to the whatever small store and, and buy buy something. And yeah. so mm. it's a very different uh, model of, of trade. Well, that, um, that's pretty legit uh, because I, I've noticed it. I've lived, I lived in India for like 22 years before I moved here. And that's the first thing I noticed was you get the same vegetables and fruits and spices, everything all year round. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of seasonal food doesn't quite exist here you, you can get uh, you know cauliflower and carrots and all sorts of things in the in peak summer yeah. which is unheard of if, when i was in india mm -hmm. so do you think so what do you think people would switch here I mean, because they'll be like well why should i wait three months just so i can get this coconut oil from authentic farms in kerala when i could just go to this indian store or even at cope and buy that yeah i mean first signs have been quite positive we yeah. are very very small still we had no marketing budget at all now in the beginning and we sold last year uh, with the first two campaigns we sold like 1000 of these boxes only in zurich mm -hmm. so with basically nothing no i mean yeah. so i mean there is people interested and we hope now that they have also tasted <laughs> the difference <laughs> no yes that uh, they will they will buy again. So starting from today, we will know if, if that is true or not. No? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what I feel is that there is a very general trend uh, that people are somehow tired of having everything at any moment, mm -hmm. a little bit in Switzerland. It's maybe <laughs> different, you know. Too comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it could be, no? And there is lots of talk about... Uh, seasonality, sustainability, farming, stuff like this. And I feel that with a product check like ours, we can contribute to that, not only by this system, but also by making people aware about what it takes to bring pepper here yeah. or yeah. to bring turmeric here. Because I, I mean, the feedbacks are very clear from the first campaign. Mm -hmm. People are amazed about the stories of the product. 
and about what what I mean so many people behind so much not only farming also processing it takes so long uh, it comes on the ship it creates a lot of awareness about um, yeah what it takes to take yeah, your stuff it's also excitement there. yeah because <laughs> you're getting something really special like you're building up to the the moment you get it yeah know, which is awesome yeah exactly and <laughs> I, I really hope that uh, it can be uh, a pattern of consumption emerging now in the future that people think about it once more do i really want to buy that stuff just from anywhere yeah. or something or do i want to wait a little and then get the real stuff curious about like importing these foods into Switzerland because we know that Switzerland has somewhat of a reputation for being strict on imports how easy is it for like what kind of problems did you have to deal with well importing? It's, yeah I, I cannot say it's 100% easy going but I've been working in trade for a couple of years so <laughs> I know, know a bit uh, how, <laughs> yeah. how to manage it so far we have been lucky so no major troubles um, with bureaucracy or something like this but that could happen one day and then you have to I mean you have to handle it I mean it's it's normal that one day uh, they will open your container and uh, take some samples and we I mean we follow of course we follow all the quality assurance um, policies that you should follow doing something like this and we make sure that our products are are safe and healthy yeah and yeah from that point of view I'm I'm not so much afraid. It may, it might be that uh, in the future our customers may have to wait yeah. another week because <laughs> the container got stuck at the border. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. Otherwise, our products are are according to Swiss standards. Uh, Great. Well, do, you, do you think your uh, model could also be applied within Switzerland? It's a big question. Yeah, I mean, from my my starting point was rather different. No, I okay. lived one year in Kerala okay. with these guys, with the farmer community there. Yeah. And I felt like, what should, do we have to do to make these people market their products directly? Because I saw, um, as I told you about the turmeric, uh, yeah. other products, how they got stuck in the, in the conventional channels. No. Um, and I came back to Switzerland and uh, yeah. saw that there is so many um, so many direct marketing initiatives booming here, going on, so many things going on for local agriculture. So I tried to somehow translate that to an international trading um, setting. No? Mm -hmm. So my, yeah, my priority was to, to make what locally already is possible to go directly to the farm or to work, you know, be part of some direct uh, marketing efforts or initiatives to make that possible for cross-border. Yeah. But could be, I mean, could be that if we grow and we have a big network of, of customers also, that we could also offer them some special products from farmers which uh, here from here in Switzerland who don't have an easy market access. Mm -hmm. What's your average uh, uh, waiting time? So you place your orders for it started today, you said. Yeah. For the next thirty days, you'll collect orders. Yeah. So when does your shipment arrive? 
So, India is uh, is far away. No, <laughs> it takes quite a lot of time, and it also takes time there to to collect all the products. And uh, some of the products have to. I mean, some of the products are are already there, already processed. Yeah. Um, others they will have to process still. So the shipment will arrive uh, only by September. Okay. Yeah. So Whereas for Sicily, three months like this. Yeah. Whereas for Sicily, it's uh, it's a bit easier. We can have it in around six weeks. Okay. It depends on the origin. And also we don't want to, I mean, India, we could maybe push it more, but then it would arrive in midsummer and there is no one here. And <laughs> it's, not, it's not ideal. And whether you wait two or three months, it doesn't really matter. I mean... Yeah. This is what we felt from the, the acceptance of customers about like waiting for a long time was much higher than we expected. Generally, customers were were cool with with waiting for their stuff because, anyways, it's not something that you. So you initially you mentioned about fair trade and all these other labels. How do you ensure that the materials that you are sourcing, the, the people who are making it, aren't going through some? bad uh, working conditions or anything or do you just have to take the word for it i mean what we do is mainly we try to make things very transparent so yeah. you can i mean first of all we tell everyone for each product how the the whole split of the of the value or of the price you pay is how much the farmer will get how much the processors in between will get, how much goes into logistics. So we that is already available. You know how much the farmer will earn, no? Yeah. But of course, that is still a very much simplified story, no? <laughs> Further, you can, for instance, we, I mean, we don't try just to create some marketing images and then uh, you cannot look behind that. But for instance, you can connect directly to the farmers or to some of the producers on Facebook. Okay. We make that everything open. We have a Facebook group, okay. which is called the community container. <laughs> and you, you, uh, it's, it's, it's open to everyone. You can go there and ask some questions. We will try to ask someone to translate to Malayalam or to mm -hmm. uh, whatever. And uh, there, is, there can be some interaction. But that is still starting because, yes. but not because we are somehow blocking it off, but because um, it takes there time. Is, no, yeah. I mean, but if you, for instance, uh, you're most welcome to order your your box and then uh, get in touch with the farmers in Kerala yeah. and ask them what they are doing, and we believe, I mean, we believe that this will, with some time, just create a much richer image of what is happening there than any certification can do. I have seen, I just want to say, I've seen many, many things working in trade. <laughs> and I would be much more, I would trust much more a supplier that tells me this is, you know, these are the farmers and they are really the farmers. If you want, you can go there. One of our customers just went to Kerala okay. and then visited the farmers. He didn't go, ah. I mean, he, he anyways went to Kerala, yeah. but uh, on the way he visited the farmers and then he uh, visited two, three farmers and it's so really cool. no like marketing stuff, you know. <laughs> he visited one farmer and said, uh, I have... Um, I have this box from you, you know, with the crust container stuff. Yeah. And the farmer said, ah, I didn't know about the initiative because uh, 
he's just one of more than uh, yeah. 5,000 small, small, farmers, like smallholder yeah. farmers being in the cooperative. So yeah. it's really no fake stuff, you yeah. know. We don't put some people there to yeah. tell the nice story. It's very, it's very uh, real, no? <laughs> And I believe that is much more uh, valuable <laughs> than any uh, certification. It's a great yeah. story. You, you fly 6,000 kilometers in Google. I've had tomatoes from your farm. <laughs> that's, that's a great connective story. How do you see yourself expanding from here? And right now, it sounds like a very novelty business. Mm -hmm. But if you, like, you should grow bigger. Yeah, <laughs> we have to. You have to. This is a great initiative, and I really hope you do grow bigger. How do you How do you see it growing? Because that would bring in new problems of quality control and more demands yeah. from the end yeah. user. Yeah. How do you see that? I mean, first of all, to to make it scalable, we only. I mean, so far we have chosen farmer groups, which are quite big and quite advanced. I mean, not big farmers, very small farmers, so like, bigger like bigger cooperatives, which have the potential to supply much more. So for them, what we are doing right now, they are very motivated to participate in this because they see that this can be the future, no? Yeah. But for them, it's marginal in terms of turnover, no? And uh, this already, I mean, makes it much more scalable. I mean, they hope they are pushing us and, and, and we are mm -hmm. pushing to make uh, more containers in different cities, in different locations. No? And now we started slowly to expand. Um, <coughs> this time you can order from Bern also. Oh. The container will come to Bern. Oh, and okay. if we get enough orders, we will send a separate container to Bern. So, um, like step by step, and I had w many like uh, requests or many, uh, yeah, people from abroad also asking me, Oh, that is so cool, can we do this in our city? And of course, we say, Yeah, you're most welcome, and we can coach you and we can teach you how to how this works. And uh, of course, we have the supplier base, no, which is the most important thing. I mean, yeah, that uh, when you say in terms of quality, I think, um, we really want to become that open platform where producers and consumers can meet no? and exchange goods directly. And somewhere in between, there is a platform just organizing stuff. No? Yeah. We want to become that platform. But we should be very care careful in like selecting producers. No? Yeah. Because that makes sure that in terms of quality and consistency I mean, you're kind of, of defined by your quality in a way yeah and then and, and consistency of stories no yeah i mean there is many producer groups also who are have their own issues and big troubles and uh, they would probably never want to work with us in that really really transparent way mm, because yeah. tomorrow <laughs> you could have one of the customers at your door no yeah, yeah. and if you are a big uh, plantation owner but we told everyone it's a small farmer <laughs> somehow you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. You lose difficult but we have to be very careful in, in in selecting and getting to know the the right producer now to a more personal question tell us about yourself device what's your background you said you studied international relations in geneva yes true what, what was your motivation for studying international relations um I think I went uh, when I was at the age of like 16, I went to Bolivia for one year okay. 
um, for a student exchange. And yeah, it, like I came back a little bit changed, no? Because it's quite a different world. Yeah, different world <laughs> and impressive and uh, sometimes shocking also to see how, how different things are, no? Yeah. And for me, um, somehow it motivated like it motivated me to i wanted to understand like the bigger international system that leads to uh, differences between nations countries and and stuff like this yeah so in the first place i was motivated yeah i wanted to study international relations because i wanted to understand somehow the yeah the the, the, the international like differences between countries on a systemic political economic level Mm-hmm. And then, wh- how did you step from studying international relations to becoming a trader? Because yeah, then I would assume you like if you study international relations, you end up working for the UN or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that was also my idea. And I was like, I was very much, um, yeah, I had that idea and was always focusing on that really big picture um, of of international relations, states, relations between states, WTO, uh, IMF, World Bank, what are they doing, how it affects uh, countries, is it good, is it bad, all that stuff. And uh, I think there were two things that made me change a bit that like interest or the one one thing was um, in my last year of studies, I had a really cool professor which was an Indian guy, okay. <laughs> South Indian guy, Balachandran. Okay. <laughs> and um, he was really a little bit also deconstructing those like big picture things. No? Mm-hmm. And like we were looking more into cultural things, more into smaller like kind of stuff happening on the world. And that not everything is, you know, driven and determined by whatever politicians yeah. decide or by the UN or by uh, IMF or whatever. So I was I got really interested in, in kind of the smaller things happening and the less, uh, how you say, less high level politics stuff now. <laughs> yeah. And that was one thing. And the other thing is that the closer I got to the end of my studies, I have uh, seen a little bit how people were working, uh, people entering the UN system, people entering all these international organizations, what kind of jobs they had. Yeah. And many of them started just with writing lots of papers that in the end, you know, it's nah. like, who, who will read all that stuff? Yeah. And I was really like, I felt like, ah, oh, I should do something a bit more exciting, more concrete, <laughs> where you have a bit more leeway also to to change things, to, to make things. And yeah, this attracted me to, to business somehow because there you can move things. No, you can, you have yeah. a bit more of freedom to kind of do your own stuff. Uh, yeah, develop your projects. But then of course, I mean, after my studies, I had no clue about business <laughs> and I had to start somewhere. So I was working for uh, two years in a big consultancy okay. company and learn just, you know, to Imagine. work. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. What is something that very f- other, few other people know? Like something that you learned over the years that you, you know, like nobody or very few people actually know about? Hmm. Interesting question. Um, 
I mean, one thing, of course, I already told you, no, I think this, all this uh, trading know-how about this uh, standardization and how it works, I think it's still not many people are aware that, uh, you know, they, they think, they might think, okay, it's, it's fair trade, so it's cool, it helps the small farmers, the, everything is fine, but somehow that this whole system is, you know, it's really not working for smallholder farmers because um, the, the, these conventional channels, I explained you all the troubles you have, in the, it, it really doesn't fit the, you know, the way a smallholder farmer works who has, uh, you know, for instance, all these cashew nuts and spices grow on, on trees or many of them grow on trees. So he cannot fo just follow the market and produce something else tomorrow if, if there is a higher demand for this. So uh, to see like the big gap between realities of smallholder farmers and the realities of international trade or international markets, right. it's somehow very much, um, it, it's a huge challenge because everyone says always yeah, that smallholder farmers are feeding the world and smallholder farmers are uh, growing things much more sustainable than, than big industrial agriculture. But somehow the markets do not work for smallholder farmers at the moment. And this is what, what drives me also to, mm -hmm. to try to develop alternative systems. Mm -hmm. Good. Now, since this is something that's related to your background, yes or no answer. Do you find it ridiculous when you look at a meat package in the supermarket and it says made from happy cows? Yes. <laughs> Wait, I never saw that. You they actually that. put that. Yeah, made from happy cows, <laughs> made from happy chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Okay, now one question we ask everyone uh, on our show. What's on your bookmarks bar in your browser? Um... There is very few. It's not very interesting. It's more like pages that I feel I would forget about. I maybe found an interesting detail. Yeah. And I just want to remember mm. it. Otherwise, it's... What are some websites for news, for example, or for blogs that you follow? Yeah, there is an organization called the International Trade Center. Mm. And they publish all the statistics about uh, trading, uh, import, export. So you can, from there, taking volumes and uh, you can find out a bit about what's happening on the international market and about prices. I always find it fascinating to, to analyze it a bit and see what's happening, what's going on. Otherwise, websites. I, I like this uh, podcasts uh, okay. coming. So currently, I'm a bit into coffee because I find it's very interesting uh, what's, what's happening in, in coffee with all the specialty coffee. I think it's also a big opportunity for farmers exactly because it does the same thing that we are doing somehow just in a bit different way but um, farmers can really specialize and uh, produce unique product and then sell it as such. No, mm. It doesn't just become a big commodity, completely unpersonal and go somewhere. But it's really that coffee from that lot, from that farm. <laughs> and it's, it's an, I mean, not for all small farmers, but for some smallholder farmers, it's a big opportunity and it's very interesting. And I, um, there is some really cool podcasts on, uh, on coffee, especially from the US. Okay. <laughs> Good. That was Tobias from crowdcontainer.ch. Thank you so much for joining us, Tobias. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
If you liked it, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it and gave us your feedback. We publish a new episode every week. For more details, visit our website simplified.xyz.